So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog posts check out sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley Hello, everyone. Episode 34 is happening right now on the SFP Podcast. Welcome, everybody. My name is Ben Hartley with Stallion Street Creative and Six Figure Photography. And today we're talking about a four-letter word, sales. That's actually five letters if you had the S. Sales, you guys. Uh, we're going to be uh, having with us today G.E. Masana. And so um, we're going to jump over to him in just a minute. Before we do, though, I want to I give you an idea, if this is your first time listening, what I stand for. Look, six-figure photography, it, it exists to help you grow your photography business, finding abundance and joy, meaning, and profits. And there's two key ways that we really stand for. Number one is understanding your own self-worth, and number two is, is making sure that you're providing value to every single person that you encounter. And so today, as we're chatting with GE, we're talking about these two things in the context of sales. This is this is really what sales is about, is providing value to everyone you encounter and, and making sure that you have the own self-worth uh, to actually be willing to charge that amount, to believe that you are worth it. You guys, this is GE's wheelhouse. Uh, he's one of uh, New York City's most prominent wedding photography studios. He's author on two books on the subject. Uh, number one is is called Advertising and Selling Wedding Photography, The Easy Way. And his second book, When They Say This, You Say That. It's a book uh, entirely on handling common objections for wedding and portrait photographers. So without further ado, let's jump in and talk to GE about sales. GE, welcome to the SFP podcast. Uh, before we get started, I, I always love asking. We have um, we do, we do interviews from all over the world. So where are you, where are we talking from today? I am just on the fringes of New York City, which is filled with fringes. <laughs> Very nice. Well, we're you know we're uh, we're dialing in from Columbus, Ohio, and um, I'm excited to connect with you. You, uh, I've you know, goodness, you've been. You've been uh, around for a while doing this, and I keep seeing your name yeah. pop up in a lot of really great groups, a lot of really great forums, um, really kind of spearheading, discussing um, sales, uh, you know, post sales, album sales, print, all this kind of stuff. And this is, I mean, it's such an important part to what we do. Yes, uh, we just, you have to sell. If we're going to be in business, we have to sell. And so let's just start right off the bat. I think we need to kind of address, I'll call it the elephant in the room, but I think 
just generally the the photography industry, maybe even more so leaning towards the beginner photographer, wrestles with this whole concept of sales. We just want to go take pictures, right? right. We don't want to sell. Um, can you address sales as a four letter word as like this negative thing? Well, you know, it's a stereotype that that people hate, and it's the um, you know that uh, you see portrayed in media, and also. Uh, perpetuated by really, really bad salespeople. Uh, so notoriously, it's the uh, the vacuum cleaner salesperson door to door, or it's the the car salesperson. And uh, because uh, you know they do have deplorable business practices, selling practices, some of them, and 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 so it's it's sort of become this like tainted thing to be a salesperson. You'll notice that the salesperson is never the superhero in a movie, mm. right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So uh, uh, that that's really what they're fighting against. You don't want to feel like you're salesy. You know, that's a word. And uh, you, you don't have to be. But, you, you know, um, I came into this before the net uh, back in the uh, 80s. And uh, everything was always face-to-face uh, selling. And, and you sell everything. I'm, you know, uh, what don't you sell in life? It, you, you sell yourself to your date you uh, sell uh, your future employer on hiring you. Uh, you. You sell your parents on believing that you don't do drugs. I don't know. You know, there's a, <laughs> or maybe you don't. I, I, so it, it, you're always selling something, and and really, if you start looking at sales as more like um, you you have something of value for that person, and and you want to convey that value to them, uh, and uh, and help them get it. Yeah. And this is a person that's interested in getting it. You know, the, maybe back in the 50s and 40s and 30s, it, it was uh, a salesperson was considered somebody who could sell, uh, the, the like the old expression goes, ice to Eskimos. Mm-hmm. And uh, meaning that you're selling them something even if they don't want it. And that's that's, I don't think, the kind of sales that we're talking about. You want to sell refrigerators, you know, something that's that's useful uh, instead of ice cubes. And uh, or, or you're trying to push something on somebody that they did not know that they were going to buy five minutes before you knocked on their door. Sure. Right. And so to some old timers, that's that's the definition of that's a salesperson. And maybe so. But but we're not really in that game. We're in a, more of a relationship uh, business with people. Uh, especially if you're a wedding photographer, uh, you're going to have a life cycle with this, uh, with the couple and, uh, that's going to last over several months and, uh, you're sharing in a very intimate way on their wedding day and, uh, with them, uh, being their eyes, their memories. And, and, uh, you know, so this is different than a one shot deal where you're trying to sell something to somebody and then, you know, go on to the next person. Sure. So, um, clearly, clearly you're good at this, right? You, you've been, you've I'm been okay. a successful photographer for a while. I mean, your, your studio is in New York. And so how did you learn, um, how to sell? Uh, uh it, it was interesting that, uh, I, um, grew up living over a, a wedding studio when I was a kid. And so vicariously, I picked up some things just from every day when I came home from school, uh, the, the guys that worked there would be hanging out smoking cigarettes and uh, and greet me with a, hey, how you doing, kid? Yeah. And so uh, I got to know the studio owner and uh, boy, he had been um, a baby photographer. Uh, and this is back 
Now he's that was he started maybe in the 40s or 50s, so he was knocking on doors and and doing what they call coupon passing with uh, uh, Mrs. Jones. Our photographer is going to be in in your neighborhood today uh, between the hours of two and four. Uh, may he stop by, take a picture of your babies, and uh, <laughs> you got a free five by seven, that sort of thing. So he started with that. He ended up going to weddings because he made a lot more money with weddings than he did with babies at the time, and uh, and grew that into a big studio. So uh, in between work assignments, I, I I studied to be a commercial illustrator, and that's what I was doing. Uh, and so um, in between assignments, which was a nice way of saying I was out of work, I. Uh, hooked up uh, with his studio and started selling some uh, wedding packages there. And one thing led to another. I started photographing weddings from that point. That's awesome. So I got to I got to go back here for a moment and kind of address some of the naysayers out there who, as we're talking about selling, as we're talking about, uh, even as you just kind of described it, it's like an exchange of value. And part of that exchange of value is is relationship. You know, um, I, I connect with a lot of photographers, and I'm sure you've heard some of this as well. Um, but I want to hear kind of what your response would be. And by the way, too, one of the things that we're going to talk about is is responding to common objections, right, that we hear from our clients. I, this is a common objection that I hear in regards to discussing selling and even discussing kind of the relational aspect to what we do as photographers. You know, we're, we're, we're selling ourselves in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've heard the pushback of, well, when you build relationship um, you know, that's, that's, that's tricking. It's not like providing value. It's like you're duping the client. What do you say, you know, when someone tells you like, well, you're just, you're just tricking people, GE, um, with your, with your selling tactics. What's your response? Uh, no response. I, I'd rather just those people just, um, you know, disappear and, uh, <laughs> there's no, there's no point talking to them. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I think that's actually pretty valid. I think there's a time just to there- ignore and keep moving forward. Well, you know, it's it's no, no matter what you do, you're going to find critics, right? And and look, there's a, a human tendency for people to procrastinate and put off making decisions. And and if they put off making a decision about you and hiring you or buying your work, uh, then you're you're going to suffer as a consequence of that uh, by making uh, no income or lesser income. And uh, and they're going to suffer because they're not going to end up with your services. Mm. And to me, uh, I have enough belief in my services that I think that I'm probably the best photographer uh, around if I want that client. If, if I don't think that client's a good match, then, then certainly that doesn't apply. And that might sound very egotistical, but I, I believe fervently that I do a great job, sure. probably better than anybody else. And uh, that's my belief about what I have to offer people. And it's a sincere belief. So I, I really believe that if, if somebody doesn't hire me, it's, it's really too bad for them. So, so it's up to me to really uh, convey that because if a person's sitting on the other side of the table from me, so to speak, uh, I'm not, I can't leave it to chance. I, I can't hope that they, that they understand everything that I can do. And, and I have to communicate that value to them. Uh, I have to inform them. Now, some people call that education and some people call that selling. Uh, and, and so what's the difference really? I mean, if I, if I am sitting across the dinner table from you and I say, uh, Ben, uh, would you mind please passing the, um, the salt? 
please. Sure. You're probably going to pass the soul. Now, I did know. I manipulate you? No. I did. I did. No, I did. I, I guess did. you did. I, I made did you, you I made you do <laughs> What'd something. What'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> I got you to pass the soul to me. And, uh, uh, by by saying please and thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so look, when you go up to a person, a stranger on the street, and you say, "Excuse me, sir, ma'am, uh, I don't uh, I, I don't know where I am right now. I, I I'm a little bit lost. Can you point me to Fifteenth Street?" And they and they give you the directions. Uh, did you manipulate that person? Well, yeah, you did. You know, you got something out of them that uh, you know that when they woke up that morning they weren't expecting to give you. So, but you see. It's 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 how we flavor these things, these these interactions. If you if you look at um, uh, talking about what you've got and and trying to have somebody uh, make a decision to purchase it and helping them toward that decision uh, to to get that decision in your favor, uh, it helps them out, helps you out. Is it manipulation? You could call it that, but manipulation isn't a bad word. If I, if I uh, manipulated you away from uh, uh, getting hit by a car, <laughs> then, you know, uh, it, it's really based on the outcome. So so uh, so somebody wants to turn all that into a negative uh, uh, as if it's something evil. Um, I, I just don't, you, you know, you, you're just just going to be arguing uh, on on how many angels dance on the head of a pin yeah. kind of stuff. For sure. So what's the point? What's, yeah. You know. I totally get it. I think, uh, I mean, that alone has so much, I mean, everything you just said right there has so much value. If you're listening out there, I mean, that was, it's just, that's a really great response, um, to, to kind of that object, that objection that I think that a lot of photographers hear, or even they, they kind of are, are trying to wrestle with themselves, you know? And so, um, I love that, man. Thank you so much for, so being for, uh, I I should add something to that because there's invariably, it's going to be the person that says, well, I don't make less of an income uh, because of it, uh, and I don't sell people like that, and uh, you know, blah blah blah. And they'll, you know, uh, state that premise. And to which I think what happens is you have some people who don't realize that what they're doing is selling. Uh, they may have an innate ability to do this, or it just seems like the reasonable thing for them to do. They don't see it as selling and yet they're doing many of the same things. There there are factors in play so that they get the results that they want. And that could be another reason why people like that look at it because they're, they're thinking of the sleazy type of uh, selling Mm -hmm. yeah, rather than what they're doing, which isn't sleazy. Sure. Yeah, it's all perspective. It's all perspective. Interesting. So before we keep going, I have to kind of address this because I think some of our listeners might be thinking, um, are we talking about are we talking about post sales, like with product? Are we talking about um, just getting a, a lead to book us for uh, a an event? Um, is this kind of yes and, or is this are we are you leaning more one way or the other as we're talking about selling? Is this all just post sales conversation here, GE? Gee, I, you know, I have these same questions myself uh, about what are we talking about? The um, um, it's it's any any uh, interaction, really. Awesome. You know, I think with any interaction, you're always asking the, the big question you, in the back of your mind is, is this bringing me closer to my goals or is it pushing me further away? Yeah. Yeah. So so you, you got to get the booking first. Uh, that gets you the wedding or the uh, portrait 
sitting and the the sale comes afterwards. Awesome. So you had mentioned something about mm-hmm. um, education. And yeah. so I, I kind of want to hear, you know, how that process takes place in regards to, in regards to the selling process, you know, as you, you, you just kind of brought up the timeline, the selling process, let's say from a lead just to, to, uh, to a booking, to an event, to shoot, you know, um, yeah. what is that education process like for you? Um, uh, how are you doing it? Uh, well, it's, um, it starts with strategy, right? Um, the strategy, uh, well, it starts with they call first, right? So it starts on the phone, and the strategy on the phone, of course, is to get the appointment. Can I can I push back just for a quick second? Because I bet a lot of photographers that were listening were like, "Wait, clients call you? All my clients email me. <laughs> Wait, oh, like, yeah, are they, you actually getting people who call you consistently, or are you getting emails?" Oh, I get emails, but but I I convert them into phone calls. There we go. Okay. All right. I'm I'm uh, I'm very you you might consider me very tough and um in that if i I just want people to call me i'm going to have a better um, outcome if i have conversation live than if i go back and forth in emails also i hate to type and uh and uh we have to do a lot of typing these days and so if i can cut down on that i can't be effective uh, writing all the time Mm -hmm. just answering questions and so it's i'm going to get things done faster. You know, to me, an email is kind of a way of having a conversation over five weeks that could take place in five minutes. Right. And, and people use emails as buffers and, uh, you know, they don't get back to you and you, and you lose the pace of of everything with email. So I just try to get people on the phone. And to me, uh, it's, if I, if somebody gets on the phone, then they're showing themselves to be somewhat more interested than somebody who says, no, 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 no. I just, just send me information. Right. Yeah. Why do you uh, think I don't, most photographers prefer email? Because it's scary to talk on the phone with, with uh, complete strangers, especially if you're not used to socializing, right? If you're not used to, to, to doing this, then, then it's, it's safer, uh, or more convenient to, uh, to just type out a response. The problem with that is that people get very formal in their responses. They, they get all corporate speak. And, and uh, it's not who they are, really. It's, it's, it's just nicer to have a conversation with somebody. I can hear you out. I can hear what's important to you. If I ask you to start typing, emailing me with everything that's important to you, uh, then I'm either not going to want to read. <laughs> You're never going to type at all. It's, uh, so it's just going to go quicker if I do this in a phone call. Yeah. So the point of the phone call is to get the appointment, right? Yeah. And and so uh, in that phone call, what I want to do is there, there's several things that have to happen. Uh, I don't know who this person is on the other side of the phone. I don't know if I really want to even do their wedding. And that has a lot to do with how they think of me. So, you know, if they think I'm going to show up with a camera and they're going to dictate how the job's going to go, that's not me. So I'm not a gopher. So uh, uh, I want them to be on, on the same page with me, with my photographic vision. So I spell out what my vision is to, to make sure that they're in agreement with that. Mm-hmm. I need to know that they're not going to be dominant, uh, bossy, uh, or abusive. Uh, and, and by abusive, I mean that they belittle you. Uh, they don't have respect for you. Uh, and, uh, you know, somebody who says, listen, I can call any photographer I want. You photographers are a dime a dozen. You don't want somebody like that. 
Oh, I don't. So uh, I've got to, you know, use this time on the phone to, to sort of see if that's how they are or not. All right. Yeah. And, and of course, you've got to qualify uh, if they're willing to uh, pay the price that you ask and able to pay the price. You know, some people cannot. They just can't afford it. And not that I'm supremely priced so high, but uh, high enough. And or they don't want to afford it. Right. Uh, it, look. If you live in the United States, chances are that uh, you can afford anything you want if you put on a payment plan. <laughs> you know? So uh, uh, otherwise, a lot of uh, stores would go out of business. And uh, so something like this wedding photography, if you're calling around for wedding photographers, you, you can if you're working and your fiance is working and you have a lifetime of another 20, 30 years ahead of you in your careers, where you're going to be earning income, you can afford anything. So it's been like this. So um, there are people that don't want to afford it. They choose not to afford it. Well, you don't want those people either. Mm -hmm. So I've got to ascertain that. Right? Uh, the, the other thing I've got to do in that phone call is I've got to displace the competition because it's ridiculous to think that they're only going to speak to you they're probably calling other photographers as well. And uh, as much as I love my fellow photographer, uh, I'd rather get the job. And so uh, I have to displace them, not in a mean way. What, what do you mean and, when you say displace them? Well, I want to become the uh, – but what I really mean is that I want to become the, uh, the main contender in that prospect's mind when they're speaking with me. Uh, I want them to – uh, get the idea in their head that, gee, I got to check this guy. Hmm. You know, he sounds really, really just what I'm looking for. How are you going about doing that? Uh, well, uh, on that phone call, I want to lead the, uh, the prospective client into those thoughts. Right. Like that. Okay. Uh, and, and so you do that kind of by um, asking questions and um, about what's important to them. And uh, seeing how you can meet that vision. So in a lot of ways, you're focusing more on their needs, their story, who they are, rather than who you are. Um, kind of combination of both. Okay. Melding the two. And I think you'd have it there if, if you meld the two. As opposed to the, uh, the photographer who's going to give this story. Great. I love photographing weddings. Um, I have a passion for photographing weddings, and I can't wait to meet you and talk all about your wedding and find out everything there is to know about your wedding, including what colors you're going to have for your linen tablecloths. And uh, I want to find out how he proposed and what kind of ring and what the honeymoon plans are and what you plan on naming your kids. And... Um, um, we're going to start at the house or hotel, wherever you're getting ready, and then we're going to go to the uh, ceremony site and take photos there, of course. And then we're going to do bridal party photos in the park with bride and groom pictures and family photos. And then we're going to cover the reception, and you'll get 100 pictures, and you'll get this and that, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Sure. That's, I think for a lot know, of photographers listening, they're like, hey, that, that didn't sound so bad. That kind of sounds like what I do exactly what they do and <laughs> and so we get away from that because now you sound like everybody else and and there's nothing special about you so what's special about you and that's what you've got to talk about but 
it, it can't just be what's special about you uh, because it has to incorporate what's important to that that wedding couple, the, the caller. So you have to find out what's important to them to know whether or not, and we might call it being a good fit, but it, it's it's about seeing whether or not there's that click where where you connect, where it's it's like I, I understand, I get it, hmm. so that the person feels they really understand me and what I want. I totally get this. This is something, by the way, that I 100% agree with. We uh, and I think that the industry needs to hear more of, uh, of of just picking up the damn phone um, and getting away uh, from email. And I think that what we talked about at the very beginning of this, the fear that so many photographers feel um, for you know why they choose email, um, I think it's stopping it's stopping a lot of people from finding success in their business, from reaching um, the the clients that are ideal for them, from getting more bookings, uh, and really from being able to go full time uh, with their passion. And so, to the photographer who's listening right now and is saying, "Yeah, I'm scared. I I don't know how to do this. I don't know what to do, or I do know what to do. I'm just scared to do it." How, how does someone begin to to get better at actually picking up the phone and making these steps? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> really? I, I, well, I, I've never been there. Uh, so you know, I, I grew up in the uh, in the analog age. So uh, I mean, you know, for 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 millennium, uh, we everything was done face to face. Yeah. Right. It's only just recently that uh, we have this um, way of communicating. Uh, it's, <laughs> you know. but so, I, but I think you actually when just... things I wrote with the telephone, you're really not even face to face. I think you kind of answered it though in saying that you have no idea because this is all you've known. Essentially, all you've said is practice. It's like this is what yeah, you've you done since do day one, and you kind of just have to start. You have to throw yourself in. Um, I guess maybe I would encourage people, even in their personal life, rather than if you need to go text your mom about what time to come over for Mother's Day, I would encourage you to call her. Uh, and she'd like that. She would like that. <laughs> She would absolutely like that. But I think I think that's it. I mean, really, you just actually have to become more comfortable uh, doing these things. Have and, and I don't think necessarily a script is the right move, but I think like an outline of, of an idea of the things that you want to say, but well, being willing to just listen and respond accordingly and adjust such an outline. Uh, but man, just exactly. doing right. it. But yeah. that's what a script really is. Uh, you know, when we say script, we do could be word for word. It doesn't have to be word for word. Sure. Uh, but uh, an outline's a good idea. And, and it's probably, it probably starts with, first of all, the, the, the overcoming the fear probably starts with changing your thoughts about it, I would say, and reframing it, right? So you look at it differently. If you look at it differently, then you're going to feel about it differently. And especially when you start having some success with it, it becomes easier to do At First, it's out of your comfort zone, but everything's out of our comfort zone. Walking was out of our comfort zone at one time. So was, uh, so was driving a car. So was kissing someone and getting a job and, and all that. And, you know, you get acclimated to it and you learn how to do it and you master it and you move on. And, uh, and we're always pushing beyond our comfort zone if we want to develop ourselves and, sure and become something more. So, uh, at one point putting a camera in front of a stranger's face and taking their photograph was, uh, was out of our comfort zone. So if you can do that, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and I've kidded around with some photographers saying 
you had you have two babies. If you can go through all that and you know and deliver babies, you can pick up the phone. You know, yeah. it, it's so it's amazing what you can accomplish if you just change your thought about how you look at it, and you're going to get a better result out of it. And so you have a nicer anticipation here in the first place going into it rather than dread. Yeah, absolutely. the other person will probably feel great that you called them or that they spoke with you. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it's like uh, I think there's there's greater benefits too. You know, as we're talking about kind of self talk and and realigning your positioning on on how you're viewing it, I think there's lots of benefits uh, in in picking up the phone more often and connecting with leads, connecting with current clients. Apart from just increase of sales, I think it makes you like a like a better person, a better listener, uh, a more well rounded individual. Like just with the ability to relate and empathize. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying that that's like why you do it, but man, there's lots of bonuses um, along the way, you know, just like with communication, uh, growing up, you know, it's like gr- grow up. Um, can I actually, I want to yeah. weigh in for a moment on this as well, because I, I hadn't really connected these dots, but um, I'm thinking back on my past and how I learned how to do it. And yes, there's yeah. practice. One of the things though that I did. And some of the, some of the listeners knew this. So I was an art major in college, oil painter. And then I went on and Mm -hmm. I actually was in full-time ministry for two years. And Uh for two years, I actually spent raising support, um, fundraising. And Uh part of the training that I received, uh, in, in fundraising was how to actually call up people. And these, you guys, uh, these were cold calls. Like uh, you have warm leads. That's the thing you have to remember when you're calling people. You had a tough job. Yeah. Yeah. I had a a tough, we're calling people as photographers who want you to call them. Right. Mm -hmm. There's, there's nothing awkward about it. They're inviting you. They're saying like, Hey, let me know. (laughs) Like, um, well, listen, if, if, um, if somebody's going to bring you into their life and uh, on their wedding day, that's a, you know, pretty significant day and in such a, a fashion that, that you're going to be privy to all the behind the scenes and what's important to them and how their hearts are feeling. And, um, they've got to have some sort of personal relationship with you. Otherwise you're just a vendor uh, with a camera with yeah. a shot list and it, it, to get the, the real meaningful, um, photographs, I think you have to zero in on their pulse and their heart and, you can't do that if, if you don't bond with them. You've got to have that kind of chemistry going, you know, where you kind of like love your clients and, and, and it's all one big family to you when you show up on the wedding day. 100%. Yeah, so I would encourage you, we would sit across from from uh, from other people, right? So I'd, I would encourage you guys to partner up with maybe another photographer or someone you trust more than anything. Someone you trust. And, and actually do sample like phone mock phone calls with each other across even in the same room and then try it on the phone. And then I would say there's there's apps that you can download that allow you to um, record your side of the call and to hear yourself, to listen to to the way that you sound and the words that you choose and, and practice getting better that way as well. So, sorry, I know we're talking a lot about this phone call thing, but I think it's just such a big part to this equation, GE, that, okay. that it needed this kind of extra attention. <laughs> Yeah. And, and when you listen to your own voice, you know, you're going to hate it. And mm-hmm. uh, most people do. You're not used to the way you sound. And uh, so don't don't let that bother you. Uh, and when you role play, um, whoever plays the uh, prospective client shouldn't uh, be hard. 
you know, shouldn't, um, shouldn't just throw out zingers and, and all the obstacles and because you, you're not really learning that way. What you need to learn actually is what an ideal, uh, phone call sounds like mm. that gives you the role model. And so now, you know, once, once you're familiar with how a good one should go, uh, uh you, you still learn the other stuff that you have to learn about countering whatever they say or, or, or what people like to call overcoming objections. To me, that sounds very heavy handed, uh, uh, more like, uh, 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 Kung Fu or Jiu Jitsu where you, uh, <laughs> you actually want to maneuver, uh, rather than counter. But, um, once you have that ideal sound in your head as to this is what it should be like, now you know how far away you are whenever you're talking with someone to the ideal, right? Rather than thinking the norm is where I have to wrangle with someone. Mm-hmm. Got it? So there's, there's a bit of a difference in the perspective there as well. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about um, uh, using a script since you brought it up. Sure. If that's okay. Uh, because uh, a lot of people say, well, I don't use a script. And uh, they think somehow that's fake or artificial or phony. And um, th- I think they're looking at scripts the wrong way. What they're doing is winging it. Either they're doing it correctly or they're winging it. And if they're winging it, then that by default is a script, you could say. And, and so a script to me might have some phrasing in it that I want to repeat word for word just because it works well. It, there are things that you find work better than other things. And when you find that, that should become part of your script, uh, so that you, you are remember to say it and you remember to say it in this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you don't even have to commit it to memory if it's written down somewhere that you keep by the, your telephone. And, and because if you're getting better results when you say these things, better things happen when you say this and it doesn't happen as often in your favor when, when you don't say it, well, then you want to make sure that you're always saying these things. A script also uh, makes sure that you cover everything that you were supposed to cover. You don't want to get off the phone and say, Oh, I forgot to go over prices with them and, you know, and, and then call them back up. Uh, so you want to, you want to make sure that you've got everything that you need right there in front of you. And I think this is great because you don't have to memorize the whole thing. In fact, you shouldn't really memorize it. Uh, maybe just the beginning so that you can start your, your mouth going off in the right direction, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of like learning a play. You learn the first couple of lines and then everything else comes to your, to your mind uh, when you hear the other actors reciting their lines. Right. Yeah. So it's just, you're viewing it as a, as a reminder. It's like, and, and I, I agree. There's been a lot of mm-hmm. times where, you know, maybe without something, and let's even take it outside of the industry, outside of our own business, outside of photography, where, you know, someone asked me, let's say like, uh, what'd you do today? And I'm like, I, I give an answer. And then later in the day, someone asks me and I, I like, I remember stuff that maybe I forgot before or mm-hmm. I communicate it in a better way than like, oh man, if I would have said it that way to that other person, the story would have been way more interesting. I think there's yeah. just times where just as people, we sometimes have, have better ways or different ways of wording things that are just uh, I, again, it's just communication. Maybe we more effectively communicated it one way or the other. And a scriptist, I think, helps you to to be reminded of mm-hmm. of what it is that you need to say or want to say to help communicate what it is that yeah. you feel. Yeah, yeah. So now everything's scripted. It's not just the telephone call. It's uh, the, the the photo session is scripted. The uh, the sales session is scripted. In that respect, 
sure. that uh, I know I'm going to be saying this, 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 that, or things like it, or, you know, I, ha- I have an arsenal that I can draw from. I know there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. So hopefully you have your script by you because I want to ask you a question. You brought up <laughs> you you brought up common objections, right? And how to respond to them or maybe jujitsu it and redirect. And so I want mm-hmm. to hear from you in all your years, what has been maybe one or two of the most common objections that you hear from clients and how do you jujitsu it? How do you answer it? Oh, what part of the uh, process are we talking about? That's a great question. Let's be more specific. Let's go ahead and say from the lead stage, they haven't actually booked you yet. And we'll say we'll say uh-huh. weddings for the sake of the uh-huh. conversation. So we'll say for a wedding, a client comes in from the lead. I'm sorry, a lead comes in and yeah. you're sitting down with them and we'll call it a pre-consultation meeting, a phone call, whatever. They haven't actually right. booked you yet. Consult. Okay. So, so we've gotten to the point where it's the consult okay. and I'm showing them albums and all that exactly, sort of stuff. Yeah. All right. What's the what's the most common objection? Maybe one or two of them that you hear during this stage. How do you oh, answer it? Want to think it over. Want to think it over. And um, just to be clear, that's the and, objection. And be, is I want to think it over. You're not telling yeah. me you want to think over this answer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll get back to you tomorrow, Ben. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I just want to make uh, sure for the audience sake. Because at first I was like, oh, you, oh, you need time. That's oh, you funny. need time. <laughs> so the client needs time. I got you. We're tracking. Yeah, no, I want to think it over is the objection, and that can take many forms from I want to think it over to I have to talk to my uncle uh, who uh, knows some photographer or knows something about or whatever. I don't know. I got to talk it over with my parents because they're helping us pay for this. Uh, you know, any, anything like that. These are all stalls anyway. Sure. So the stalls. So how do you respond? Uh, you know, once in a blue moon, they really do have to think it over. Um, uh, well, I try to eliminate these things before they happen. So uh, typically there are already built in reasons that I've given them prior to this uh, that set the stage <laughs> for them um, not wanting to um, stall. Okay. All right. So if they're stalling, then, well, I got to find out if it's, if it's a stall. Um, I assume it is and uh, because it makes life simpler to just assume it's one way or the other way rather than 50 shades of uh, in between. So uh, which would keep you in doubt all the time as to what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, you'd be saying, oh, I should have done this instead. So I just take one tack and until I'm proven wrong and then I know to turn around. So um if they're if they're walking out of there and and you haven't gotten the sale, then you have to make an arrangement to uh, touch base with them again. Okay. So you, you, I try to narrow the time frame down to I try to get them down to a time that we're going to speak again, rather than well we're going to be looking at two other photographers and we want to get back to you in the next couple of weeks sometime. You know I, we don't want that. We want to know exactly when we're going to be speaking with them again, just to touch base. Just to see if they have any questions that came up. Yep. Basically. But it gives you another opportunity, you see, if you do that, uh, rather than losing them. One of the things that frustrated me um, with wedding sales, um, wedding bookings, was that you basically have this one shot at at them uh, when you sit down with them. And um, they walk out. And if there's any question left unanswered, uh, or that comes up later on, uh, 
you're not going to know about it unless you get back to them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and you don't know what the other photographers are doing. You don't know what bombs the other photographers are planting, right? Uh, that will go off against you. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, say, well, what we do here is, is, um, soft lighting in our studio. That's, that's what we're known for. So now the, the bride says, Oh, I want soft lighting. And, uh, and you never mentioned soft lighting. And, uh, you know, it's, it just probably a, a more flattering light is what they're looking for or something. And, you know, you know what I'm saying? It, it's other things come up and, and this couple who really don't know anything about photography are, are being uh, given these thoughts by other photographers and, and you have no way of countering or, or adding to it or, or connecting, uh, to that thought unless you get back to people. Sure. Or you, you try to eliminate that need up front. So do you ever consider doing like um, in, an incentive for them to book, um, you know, by a certain time point if they're if they if they're not ready to book right then, mm-hmm. um, you know, any sort of like a period? Um, yeah, no, like a 24 no. hour thing or anything. No. Well, I'm doing something now that I haven't done before, which I'll, I'll tell you about in a second. But uh, generally, the answer is no. There's no financial incentive. Now there is, but, but before there was a financial incentive to, uh, to book now. What about like a this, value incentive? Because I agree, no financial incentive. Uh, <clears throat> no, I wasn't doing that either. Okay. Um, it was just uh, because, because my, my, my thought was they know that if I say this is only available uh, today, right? Uh, they know they could call me up in two weeks and ask for it and if i want the job i'm going to you know what can i tell them no it's not available any longer i made it available to you only for 24 hours but you didn't take advantage of it and so now it's two weeks later and i'd rather turn your job away than (laughs) give you this you know extra print it's uh you know it's it's silly Mm -hmm. so uh it's it's that's that's where we get into sleazy types of uh, tactics i think where it's obvious that if you can sell them, uh, if you can give them a, a 16 by 20 canvas today as a bonus for booking, there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to do that two weeks from now, unless you can drum up a reason like, uh, my printer is no longer, you know, I was uh, uh, doing it then because the printer gave me um, a rebate, but they're not giving me a rebate anymore. And so I can't pass that along. And, you know, uh, but really, uh, if you want to start getting into, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't think so. So now what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm focusing less on weddings as I get more and more into portraits. And so, and also as I get older, I just don't want to photograph weddings anymore. I've had 36 years of it. Uh, and so I'm dwindling that down. It's, but I'm charging, people are still asking me for weddings. And so I'm just charging a higher rate. And one of the things I'm doing is, uh, uh, here's, here's what the price is. And for your wedding, which is a year away. And, but if you book it now, we'll reduce it, you know, as a courtesy down to this much. And, uh, but every week it goes up, hmm. uh, another 2% or whatever it is until it's back to the, uh, the original amount. The closer you get to the wedding, the more expensive it becomes. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So hypothetically, the way that that would work out is, let's say the wedding is one year away, mm-hmm. and it would cost, let's just say, 10000 uh, mm-hmm. if they were to book it that one year away. 
but today it would be 20% off. This is all hypothetical, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 8,000. And every month it will go up, or every week it would go up an additional... Whatever it is that takes 50 weeks for yeah, it to yeah, get back up to 10,000. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And how has that been working out for you? Uh, well, my prices are so high that I haven't had anybody say yes. There you go. <laughs> which, which it sounds like it's, you know, you're, you are intentionally kind of pricing yourself out. I really don't want to photograph a wedding. I mean, I will if, if the wedding's, you know, that appealing to me, but most of the weddings that I get, and, and you know, I've only been photographing the weddings that really appeal to me, yeah. but now I just want to get a lot more because it's it, for photographing, um, some portraits, I can do a lot less work and make the equivalent amount of money or more and uh, rather than going out and, and fussing with a wedding i mean it kills me to to even get the worst part of the day is getting to the wedding because i'm always dying on the inside that i'm going to be late i'm so super early because it just uh, the anxiety that i get just getting to when having to contend with traffic and making sure i'm there you know yeah well new york i mean you got it bad yeah, it can get that way. Oh, you know, one time I decided to take the train in the LIRR, and this is a this is a railroad, by the way, that tells you the train is on time even when it's not there, <laughs> when it's already late, but but it's still technically on time. I don't know how they do that, and uh, they move time around to, to this, so they're always on time even when they're late. And, and taking the train and, and I, and, and the train got stalled and I was almost very, very late for the wedding oh, boy. and it just kills me. You know, it's, it's like, so I, I don't even want to go through that anymore. It's yeah. just too much. Totally agree. Gee, I want to talk about, um, albums here in just a minute. Um, but I got to just, I got to pause for a second and just, uh, give a shout out to a couple companies that, um, I really respect that I really value. I really love and, and that we use at Stones very creative at our studio. They, they support us as a, as a studio and, and the six figure photography podcast. And so I just got to give them some love back. Um, you're probably familiar with a couple of them. Um, one is Tave. Um, we use Tave as our CRM client relationship management software, but it's really like a lot more than that. Like it's so, um, gosh, how do I even put this, man? It is 100% customizable and automated. And so we're able to track leads and clients and orders and questionnaires and emails and contracts, all this kind of stuff. Um, and the way that we want to do it, cause we can set it up for our own, our own needs. Um, and then we can automate it as well. And it's just really taken the stress, uh, a lot of the stress at least out of our studio. And so, um, Tavi has been incredible for us. And I, like, I don't know how photographers go about doing this. Um, <laughs> like when I say this, I guess I mean running a business without a CRM, unless you're just like crazy good old school at like, um, Excel or something. I don't know. I, I, but Excel can't automate, man. Anyhow, you guys got to check out Tave. Uh, we've been using it and it's made all the difference. And, and Tave really likes you guys as an audience. And so they've given us a special, um, uh, a coupon code to use, and this is going to get you 20% off for the year, not just a month for the year and an additional month free. Um, which I, I should probably just do the math and figure out what that would be in regards to percentages. But anyhow, six figure photography, all capitals, no spaces, is the coupon code six figure photography, all caps, no spaces, and that'll get you 20% off. So, um, I had to thank them. And then I got to thank Miller's 
we're always talking about prints. We're always talking about the importance of prints. Even as we're talking about selling right now, we're going to talk about album sales here for a quick second before we have to let GE go. And um, man, it's just a huge part of what we do uh, as a business, but also as a service, as a value add for our clients. I don't understand how not every single photographer in the world is making sure that their clients have prints. Um, and so when it comes down to that for us, we use Miller's Lab. We use Miller's Lab for our canvases and for our prints and for our albums and, and just making sure that our clients have actual printed memories. And we use Miller's because they're crazy fast. Uh, they're incredibly consistent in the quality and like the production of what they actually they, they put in clients' hands. And again, they just really care. They actually care. They have great customer service. Um, and uh, so anyhow, I just wanted you guys to check out Miller's. You, you, you really got to do it. Um, you really got to start prioritizing print uh, for your photography studio. So anyhow, thanks, G, man. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, giving me a minute to uh, mm -hmm. to give these guys a shout out. Um, so I just, I just brought up uh, albums there. And I know this is something that yeah. you, you really focus on. And now we're kind of transitioning yeah. here rather abrupt, abruptly, but that's okay. <laughs> we're transitioning here to talk about post-sales, to talk about after the event has been shot. Um, and we're actually now producing product. Um, so I think this is probably the point where most photographers get really freaked out. Right. And they kind of like pump the brakes here a little bit. What do you say to the photographer who's like, I don't have time for post sales. Um, it's not worth the stress. It's not worth the anxiety. Uh, I don't have a studio for it. I mean, what do you say to these common objections? Well, uh, you know, again, this for me boils down to strategy. And uh, it's about how do I maximize uh, the profit opportunity? Uh, because uh, typically there's only three ways that you can make money in any business and uh, or make more money. And that is one is acquire more clients uh, or customers. The second is to charge higher prices. And the third is to have more sales transactions. Right? So or more sales opportunities. And uh, and so uh, wedding photographers focus a lot on number one, acquiring more clients uh, instead of maximizing the uh, opportunities that they have with the clients that they currently have. So uh, it doesn't have to be a high stress sort of thing after the wedding. It's a very easy sell after. It's much easier than getting the wedding uh, because you've already broken that barrier and, and uh, the guard has already come down. They already like you. They already trust you. They gave you money for crying out loud. You mm -hmm. came photograph their wedding. They love what you did. You got a chance to perform in front of them and they, and they applauded. Uh, and so now they bonded with you and they trust you. And, mm -hmm. and so, the best thing to sell them, in my opinion, not just my opinion, but historically, is a wedding album. That's the most popular selling item uh, for the longest time, uh, traditionally, with a, with a wedding. And so uh, who best to put together that wedding album for them than the uh, photographer who was at the wedding, who saw everything, connected with everybody, uh, understands who all these people are and what they mean to the bride and groom and and so helps to craft together a beautiful storytelling wedding album uh, for the couple to have as an heirloom really that that they'll have the rest of their lives to enjoy and and hand down to their children someday as part of the historical record yeah so, so oh, go ahead no go ahead well it's, i was gonna uh I was going to kind of slightly uh, switch gears, staying on the topic of album sales. Um, but so I'd love to hear if you have anything else to add there. But I, I kind of want to talk about uh, some of the other issues that maybe some photographers run into. Okay, sure. So I had just brought up that um, time and fear are one of the things that keep photographers from post sales. 
I think also practicality, like what are some tools or applications that you're using that help in this process? Well, these days, I mean, it's just amazing. We live in amazing times. And, and so you have album design software that um, you can put together an album in under uh, an hour, in a few minutes. And uh, that is to say a wedding album design, right, that you can show um, clients uh, and, uh, and create sales using that as a sales tool. You're not paying for proofing, uh, paper proofs. Uh, everything's digital, so it doesn't cost anything aside from the one-time cost of buying the uh, the platform. What are some of the? Um, let's get even more specific. Uh, who who are you using for your um, designing? You mean like a design service? Yeah, like you. So you said there is there is software oh, out there that you yeah. can use. I want to get more specific than that and give give some real practical stuff. Um, what kind of software are you using? Like actual names? Actual names? Okay, because yeah. this is like uh, you know, product placement. Is that, <laughs> I, I mean, Ellie, if you're comfortable with it, I I got no problem with it. I'll tell you who I use. Go ahead. So we, uh, so we use albums, right? We do albums while they're a couple. So Fundy has been who we use. I know there's a number of them out uh-huh. there, um, but I'm just kind of curious what, what you're up to in that regard. Yeah, Fundy's very good, uh, especially their, their latest version. And I imagine that uh, this, this that statement will be evergreen, that their latest version will always be, be uh, something more wonderful than their previous version. They're, they're really amazing. Um, and yes, I use them as well. Nice. Uh, and, and so... Uh, yeah, Andrew's a great guy. Uh, the um, the ability to to do that and to present uh, that design is all I focus on after the wedding, because you can sell hundreds and hundreds of photos to place into an album or albums, uh, whereas you cannot sell hundreds and hundreds of gallery wraps to a bridal couple. <laughs> so the money that you can make, you know, hundreds and hundreds times ABC uh, is, is going to be a lot of money. Yeah. And so I have been averaging at this point $7,000 um, per wedding on average uh, for my weddings that have albums, which is now all of them, has been all of them. And, um, this is quite simply done in a couple of hours or so, uh, after the wedding, person to person, in person sales, uh, just showing the album design. There's certain, um, steps I take with that, right? Uh, so, so there's parts to this, uh, to doing this. And, uh, the way I describe it is it's like I have all these triggers and mechanisms that gets people to, to want and buy and uh, quite naturally. And it's, it's about using all of them at the same time because they kind of um, compound on each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you do that, you can create uh, a massive sale. It doesn't happen with every sale, but in general, your, your sales are higher, but you've also uh, with this system that I, that I put together, you, you create the environment where a giant sale can happen, 
And when you have these giant sales where you hit them out of the park a few times a year, it, it just really increases the bottom line tremendously. And I'll just give you an example. The highest after wedding album sale that I had was a couple of years ago, um, $15,000. It probably could have been a little bit more, but uh, it capped it around. It capped at 15000 I, I evened it out at 15000 <laughs> And uh, it took them nine months to pay it off. They did it on a payment plan. Uh, they put down six and I think 1600 a month. Well, let me tell you, having 1600 a month come in for nine months, uh, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and sweetest, most wonderful people. And that became a double volume wedding album set. And, uh, but, it, and, and they just loved it. And, and I was so, um, feeling so, um, uncomfortable about it taking them nine months to pay because I wanted them to have their wedding photos and I wasn't going to deliver anything until everything was paid or close to it. Hmm. Uh, I actually had the albums already prepared for them so way in advance so that by the time they you know, paid, I could just run over with them and deliver them. And, um, and I even apologized uh, for how long it took, you know, saying, you know, I felt bad uh, that, you know, that we had to draw this out for nine months. And you know what? They said, not a problem. We have friends who are still waiting on their wedding albums, and they got married before us. And, of course, my, my first thought was, uh, wow, that makes me like a hero. And my second thought was, hey, how come I didn't get the referral <laughs> way back when? Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, sometimes people like to keep you private and to themselves. So it might have been a case like that. But um, just, yeah, and it's a beautiful set of wedding albums too so you know when you do it this way you get to make really beautiful albums for your clients and uh without the uh, rigmarole of of um the typical way it's usually done right uh which is you know having galleries online and, and and waiting for people to tell you what photos they want i just go ahead and pre-populate and uh, create all these spreads uh, for couples to choose from nice how are you handling uh payment plans you mean like uh, if just somebody the says the practically like the practicality of it? Are, is this just you like keeping track of it? Is there like a piece of software that you use? Like, I'm just kind of curious. Oh. You know, if there's a photographer listening who wanted to start introducing payment plans to their their packages, how well, would they go about doing it? Yeah. Well, if if you're going to make bigger sales, payment plans are going to help you get there, and they're not a terrible thing. Uh, so uh, get a you know decent down payment. And, um, I let people tell me how much they want to pay off monthly because they know their finances better than I do. And I want them to be comfortable. You know, I don't want, I don't want them to go overboard. So, uh, whatever they're comfortable with paying every month, you know, if that's what they want to purchase and that's great. Um, and I have, um, um, an account with Elevon, I think it's called, it's, um, it's merchant, um, service provider. Mm -hmm. And, and so that platform lets me put in installments so that, um, all I have to do is just put in the information once, how many months it's going to be, what day of the month we're going to charge the card, how much the charge is going to be. And then it's just handled automatically. I get an email if, uh, if there's a problem with the, uh, with the card. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, sweet. What, what was the name of that company again? Elevon, E-L-A-V-O-N. I love on. And I get that through Costco, actually. Oh. Being a, you know, 
uh, Costco has business services and, and, uh, that's one of them. Right on dude. Costco's better for, uh, or more rather, uh, Costco's been more beneficial than just like, um, getting giant jars of pretzels. <laughs> you can do, uh, you can do payment plans with Costco. That's wild. Um, gee, there's man, this is just one of those conversations that I just want to keep going with because there's so much more to talk about. There's like, like we need to have you on again. And, and now focus, we spent so much time on phone calls now focus on albums. There's, there's so much to get into, dude. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you going through my head after we finish every topic, it's like, Oh, should have also mentioned this right? and talked about that. And, uh, yeah, I do. And I agree. Even as I go to ask questions, I'm like, Oh my God, there's it, like, it's Six. like it goes levels deep. Yes, it, and it totally does. Um, but we but we got to wrap it up. Maybe we can get you get back on again and, and talk a little bit more about this, listeners. If if you want to know more, if if you're if you're feeling this, shoot me a message. Let ben, me know uh, if you want to get into more specifics, and we can see what I can do to coax GE to get back on with us here. Um, in the meantime, though, GE, where can people find out more about you, more about album sales, more about what you do and teach? Uh well. Um, that I have a website for that, and that's boostweddingphotographysales.com. Now, it's not just wedding photography, uh, but uh, this is going to work with portrait photography as well. Um, but at the time that I created the uh, website domain name, I thought if it says boost photography sales, then, then people are going to think this is about selling cameras, <laughs> you know, was the thought. So, uh, I made it specific to weddings, boostweddingphotographysales.com. And you can sign up to my, uh, mailing list there. I give out some tips on this. And, um, you'll also see links there to, uh, my phone course. I don't have a lot for sale. Phone course because people need help, uh, with, uh, how to turn phone calls into bookings or how to turn them into appointments. And so, mm-hmm. Everything that I spoke about earlier, I go through in that phone course. I also have uh, a link to my wedding album course there, which is, uh, that's really high intensity. It's, it's uh, been recently revamped. I put a lot more into it, uh, so that it, it not only teaches you how to get giant sales after the wedding and everything that you need to do to get there, but I also get into a lot of just business principles. Uh, to guide you through your business as well as how to book the wedding using albums in the first place. Got to have that. If you're going to sell them, uh, you know, more photos after the wedding to put into that album. Nice. Awesome. man. we'll make sure to get links down there in the show notes, uh, for everyone. Gee, this has been awesome, man. It's, it's rare that I get a chance to connect with someone who, um, uh, who's as in line with this thinking as I am. I mean, so far everything that you've, you've said has been just like, right on the head with um, with what we value at Stone Story and, and kind of the way we do things. I'd love to know more about um, about your process to see just how farther uh, these these similarities line up. So it's really is it's awesome to see. It's awesome to hear. Uh, and you really know what you're doing, man. So thank uh, you. Major props. Um, thank you so much again, just for giving, for giving of your time, for giving of your knowledge uh, to the photography community. It means the world to everyone. So you guys ch- go ch- check out what G is up to uh, and take a look. Um, thanks again, man. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you, GE. You, you guys, sales is such a huge 
topic, and I know that we just started to get into it, and so I'd love to have GE back, and maybe we can unpack some further steps. But I think what, what he's talking about in regards to all of the small things that really begin to add up and, and make a big difference, um, this stuff is important to pay attention to. If you guys are interested in, in following further along and, and getting more direct access to us, not just myself, but the entire Stone Story creative team, we do Monday through Friday live Facebook uh, videos for you guys. Head on over to Six Figure Photography on our Facebook page. And again, Monday through Friday live, it gives you guys direct access for Q&A, uh, for opportunities to learn directly from us, really a candid glimpse behind the scenes at Stone Story Creative. So I look forward to seeing you guys there. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you in episode 35. Bye, everybody.